0: Welcome to episode six. I attended the airline training where everyone was quite intrigued about my prior career and I felt accepted by the group, doing well in all aspects of the course. I was, however, told by the head air hostess that I had fat thighs when I was standing just in my undies before the medical panel and her, the group of four ladies. It felt a bit like a cattle call which is what in the ballet world we used to call an audition. But I didn't really mind, I was just relieved to be out of the ballet environment. I flew on the domestic route for six months and thoroughly enjoyed it, partaking of plenty of the biscuits and small packets of nuts that were available on all of the flights. I didn't eat any of the main hot meals, as we'd been taught the dangers of eating these after landing, and I was a slow eater so wasn't one to scoff the food down while we were still in the air in a few minutes. That was at that stage. In December 1981, I was called out on standby for a flight to Frankfurt, my first ever international flight. As crew that is. I had a lovely crew and arrived at our hotel in Mainz, a lovely little university town, went out to dinner with the crew, then back to my room, alone. Many of the crew Flew either with a friend or a partner, lover, husband or wife, so there were very few single people on the cruise. But I was fine. I was still confident enough to go out with them and have fun. For the next few months I was so excited to be seeing new places and eating all the different foods. I was loving life. Little, though, did anyone know that I would go back to my hotel and take a handful of laxatives to purge myself. It was such a dirty secret, but I convinced myself that I was fine. Inside, though, there was turmoil. I hated pretending to my parents and to my colleagues that all was normal, because it most definitely wasn't. This started to weigh on me and I became more and more miserable living this double life filled with deceit guilt and yes i hate to admit it disgust disgust not at anybody else but at myself then i was scheduled for another flight a few months later to frankfurt as well and on the flight over the senior cabin controller instructed me to unpack the entire amenities cupboard in the middle of the night and repack it again afterwards Some of you might remember the little amenity bags that had the small shaving creams and razors, toothpaste and small toothbrush, and a face cloth that all came pre-packed. In the cages that they were kept in in the cupboard, there were sometimes additional razors and and toothpaste and, and toothbrushes, in case anybody needed extra. I learned afterwards that what this senior cabin controller was doing was something she would occasionally do if she didn't like someone. It was her way of showing power over any new crew she was flying with on the international routes. I didn't mind doing the work, although I find it a bit of, of a waste of time. She did it in such a nasty way, making fun of me, saying how I must look at how poorly I'd stacked everything before the flight And as much as i was trying to explain that that wasn't me which she obviously knew and just wanted to humiliate me in front of the passengers and crew that she threw some of the goodies at me and told me to start again already nervous on the flights meeting the international crews for the first time meeting the jumbo captains co-pilots and flight engineers i was really trying hard to impress everyone around me and she made me feel so useless and pathetic in front of everyone, I didn't know where to hide my face. As much as the crew told me to brush it off and take it from whence it came, it affected me deeply. I will never forget her name, nor the way I felt. On the return flight, she also made life difficult by checking on me every few minutes and finding fault with any and absolutely everything that I did. I was also a little stressed. Before the flight, I'd spoken with my mum to tell her I'd made an appointment to see a dietitian in Johannesburg after I returned from my flight, as I realized I needed professional help to try and get my weight in check. She knew nothing of my laxative usage or my eating habits as I knew she would never understand it and had often told me I was lying when I told her I wasn't eating at all. I had never lied to her. I had only told her that when I was truly not eating. The rest of the time I would find ways to avoid speaking about food. Thinking in my mind that her mission to tell all was fine, I assured myself that that wasn't lying. I never could tell her. It would have broken her heart all over again. I returned from the flight and the morning of the 9th of February, 1982, I woke up, showered, got dressed nicely, put makeup on, kissed my mum bye, and went off to see the lady I was putting all of my hopes on who would be able to resolve all of my eating and body issues. I felt a sense of relief already rising up within me. I couldn't wait for this all to be over. I arrived at the address in Johannesburg about 30 minutes early but drove around for a while trying to find a parking spot. I eventually found a bay in a multi-story parkade area beneath the doctor's rooms. By the time I entered the elevator to go up to her floor I was so nervous and a little agitated because of the parking situation and my hands were shaking mixed with excited anticipation that my saviour was near. I got up to the level where her officers were and walked confidently to her office door, bold in my approach, hoping she would see that as a sign that I was there to be helped and would do whatever was needed to resolve the issues at hand. And i leave it there. We'll continue in episode seven.